What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship Three Fat Nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. And of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich. And joining me, as they do each and every week, my favorite, two favorite, one or two of my favorite people on this whole entire earth, my friends, my family, the nerds are all here, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, he is the man that uh, this, this past week set a new Guinness Book of World Records as he jammed 55 giant sparklers in his ass and lit them up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. How's the ass feeling? I tried to get that 56, but it just, it, I just... Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't release enough. By the way, there's somebody going to fact check me and find out that I just pulled a number out of my ass because I, I'm sure that somebody said it. Maybe I should look it up. But uh, I'm, I'm going to be too disturbed to look that one up. <laughs> no, I'm right. not looking that one up. Uh, also joining us, of course, it's the man who doesn't need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He is the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. I give to you Diesel. And after this Wednesday, hashtag Diesel D's nuts. <laughs> uh, chili D's. Oh, Chili D's. And maybe that's what I said. Hashtag Chili D's. If, if we're successful. If we're successful. Check uh, out Patreon if you want to find out what we're talking about. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. He shared a little something. But uh, trust me, it's actually not as disturbing as you would think. Especially being it's Diesel. Just, just the next day. Of course, uh, the day where you're recording and it's coming out for our patrons, of course, is July 4th. So, uh, you know, if if you're in America, you know, this July 4th, hopefully hopefully you had a safe July 4th by the time you hear this, unless you're on Patreon hearing it the same day. And then hopefully your day is safe today. uh, Hopefully uh, firework safety was uh, at the forefront uh, because, you know, I've seen the videos of people getting their digits blown off. That sucks. It's never good. Happy JPPD. (laughs) Also, happy, happy put it in reverse, Terry. I know you've seen that video. No. Oh, you've never seen the... Oh, man, i got to show it to you off air. Everybody at home, type in, put it in reverse, Terry, and uh, you will you will definitely thank me for it later. It is. It, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not a, a vile video. It's just fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, with that being said, though, let's go around and find out everybody's week was, starting with Ron. How has been the week, Ronald? Uh, the week was all right. We started uh, basically really playing in our Wednesday group our new campaign. So I made a ranger with the sharpshooter feet and basically was pulling shots out of my ass. Nice. <laughs> Pretty much like a lizard was running, a lizard folk was running away because we were dominating them. So, and I was like, dink, and just hit him back of the head and just not knocked him over. Nice. Because it's just like, yeah, just add, you know, add 10 points of damage onto a roll and just knock things out at level one like you're not supposed to. So it's just like, okay, let's go. Um, we got the pl- uh, had some plumbing issues, got the, uh, that taken care of, so just finishing up the housework with that in the next couple of days, but the week's been pretty mellow. After Wednesday, Diesel will also have some plumbing <laughs> issues. Uh, Diesel, uh, how's your week been? Been a pretty uneventful week. Um, worked both jobs. My one coworker's last day was Friday. 
Yay. Um, then I worked here at Dragon Master Games Friday. Well, Friday I didn't really do too much. Uh, Saturday, though, I worked all day. Yesterday, did nothing. Just relaxed all day. And today, probably the same. Yeah, I've uh, I, I had an extended weekend. I mean, I didn't feel too well on Friday, so I went home a little early. Uh, but then I relaxed, watched some GCW. On Saturday, uh, we went. my wife and myself went down to the Scranton area and went to a scranton Wilkesbury Rare Riders game. Did some shopping and stuff. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Sunday, uh, I didn't do too much. Laid around and then watched some GCW. And then, of course, I got two more days off from work recording today and then tomorrow. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So I'm, I've, I've been recharged and reinvigorated, if you will. And I got a lot of stuff done around my house and stuff. So other than that, not really too much to write home about. But, uh, hey, not every week needs to be jam-packed full of stuff. With that being said, I hope everybody out there listening also had a wonderful week. And uh, before we go any further, though, I've got to hit you off with some of them opening plugs. Of course, that means uh, make sure you're following us on all the, fa- uh, the, the social medias, man. If you, Especially if you want to, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to interact with you. So make sure you're following 3 Fat Nerds Podcast on Facebook. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3 Fat Nerds Pod, hashtag 3FN Pod, whenever talking about the show. For all information about what we're doing here and all the information period that you can handle for 3 Fat Nerds Podcast, go to 8122productions.com. It is your one stop shop. Uh, make sure that uh, you know you visit the T Public store, check out some swag, help support the show. Make sure you're following us over on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Link is on the website. Also, link on the website for the Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content plus you get to help us do everything we do here at the show um also friends of the show like odph podcast is 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 got a section there also our friends over at sci-fi horror fest uh coming up august 26th and 27th vernon downs casino in vernon new york uh get your ticket information all that great stuff over at sci-fi horror fest.com uh, also, uh, musical acts, like you heard in the beginning of the show, the people who do our entrance music, that of course is Shout at the Robots. They got some new music coming out very soon, I hear. Rumor has it on the street. Make sure you're supporting them on YouTube, music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. Information for them and all the other bands there as well. And of course, our local sponsors, uh, giving them a shout out, bringing the show to you each and every week, commercial free. Uh, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. What's that number, Diesel? 607-644-3389. And, of course, our good friends at Dragon Master Games for all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs. Visit them online, dragonmastergames.com. But, yeah. And if you forget anything that I just said, they, all that is hyperlinked in the liner notes for this very podcast. Take them home, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and stop getting in trouble, Mario. God damn it, he's always in trouble. Actually, technically, it's the princess that's always in trouble. Well, she just likes. Don't you think he would just like side, give her side, a side piece? Give her to Bowser at some point. Judge just say fuck it, take yeah, her. Yeah, because then she'd just come back. Ah man, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Just gotta let her go. Gotta give her up, right, Diesel? Never gonna give you up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Without further ado, let's get this party started because it's time for. This week's edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, bang boom. boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ta, ta. I just love doing that. <laughs> I, I I envisioned that's what I would do if I was on a newscast and probably get in trouble for it. They're like, you can't do that out loud. Like, why not? 
Yeah, but then all of a sudden, like, your ship goes up because of the animated news anchor. <laughs> Dude, this yeah. writes a sitcom all on itself. Right. I'm just saying. I, I just want to point out. I, th- I think that would be fun. That's why we get to do our own thing here, and I love it. Strategy stuck today as 12 kids were, oh, God damn it, you can't do it for the sad news stories. <laughs> I don't know. I'd still be like, yeah, ta, ta. <laughs> we open up the news with a sad story today. <laughs> See, I can, I can really pull off being a newscaster, I think. Uh, with that being said, though, let's talk some nerd news. We got a few topics, uh, not very many, but uh, it is coming out that uh, there's an anticipated series coming very soon to us on Disney Plus. Of course, that is the Secret Invasion series that will focus on Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn's Talos, two characters that fans cannot get enough of, of course, in their buddy cop sitcom. A number of behind-the-scenes glimpses at the Marvel series have been given throughout its production, and while most details are still under wraps, it looks like the Disney Plus show will be getting. Four months worth of reshoots. The information was revealed via insider Daniel Rackman. While the series already completed its initial production, reshoots are often a norm, especially for such big-budget Disney Plus properties like Marvel. But the fact that Secret Invasion is getting an entire four months worth of reshoots is quite a lot of time. Furthermore, Rackman insists that the reshoots are scheduled to beginning in mid-July, which is only two weeks away from when we're recording. How are you feeling about four months of reshoots for uh, Secret Invasion? Diesel, I know you're excited for this. Uh, yeah, four months is is kind of concerning. Like We all know reshoots happen all the time, but four months worth is a lot of reshoots. So not sure if like they, they finished it up, tested it, and it just went nowhere. And now they got to like try to like piece together something else. But four months is a long time. I, I don't think it's the fact that they we went didn't go nowhere. I think it's the fact that they just are adjusting to what what's coming out. Like I think like I don't think Miss Marvel's hitting as well as they wanted it to. I enjoy it. I, I I find it fine. It's fun. It's action. You know, it's a fun it's a fun superhero show, yeah. and that's you know that's what you need. But I think they're trying to adjust where things are going. Maybe they're getting worried about fatigue because everybody's talking about it, so they're trying to make it more something else. Maybe they saw it, didn't like it, went, okay, let's let's adjust here, let's adjust here. Maybe it's a jump to introduce more characters. There's a million things that can go with this. It doesn't... Being four months, yes, it's a long time. Most, let's face it, a lot of things that went through four or better months of reshoots, hence Justice League... Hence, you know, new mutants, uh, new mutants, uh, uh, the Inhumans when it switched over to from a movie to a show, like it goes, it does put fear in the stock that it's not as good as we're hoping. So, I think if they're making the adjustments, it's probably a good thing. But I, it is a long, like four months is a long time. But I mean, if Samuel L. Jackson's going back for four months of reshoots, like it. it it means he's got something because he's the type of guy that I understand he likes the character and all that, but he'd, he'd be like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Let's, let's get... <laughs> well, here's the thing. There's different kinds of reshoots, too. Right. So we don't know if this is just like them doing the CGI portion of it. We don't know if this is just them doing some things that they went back and went, oh, shit, there's plot holes. But, yeah, reshoots are a normal. Four months of reshoots is usually a stretch. I mean, there's a lot of things that don't get four months of reshoots. Yeah. So, you know, usually when you come back from reshoots, it's like a month two tops you know what i mean like you don't really come back for like long periods of time so four months a little concerning however with the biggest budget as the show is and with all the marvel productions as big as they are 
I could see where you might have to to do, you know, three months. So, I, I four months. Sorry. So I, I mean, it's. I mean, who knows? Like, I mean, there's rumors going around that yeah, there's going to be no more Moon Knight coming back. Even though there was rumors that they were going to do a second season, maybe they were trying to pull Moon Knight into it somehow, and then they now they need to take him out, fill that hole. Like, there's 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 a lot of things that can go in. Like, well, with where they're going or where we all anticipate they're going, you got to remember we're right around the corner from them really kicking off Secret Wars. Yeah. Because that's really what everybody believes in the direction we're going with all of this. So I feel like what they're doing here is possibly this is the setup to Secret Wars. I mean, hell, it's called Secret Invasion. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I maybe there was some things that they either had in the beginning, they're like, oh, that's too much. Or maybe there's some things that they didn't add enough to add to flavor and flair to the show. There could be a million and a half reasons. However, I'm not too worried about this. This wasn't slated to come out until 2023 anyways. Yeah. So Well, originally 2022, but that was back before pandemic cool. yeah. and everything. So now 2023 is when it's slated to come out. So it doesn't really chafe me any either way. As long as it's good, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm just going to go with that. Um, the next one up, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit in circles, and I understand this is sucks. I just want to forewarn you, but I don't want to be the person who spoils possible spoilers. There has been a new leak from Sony. Go figure. Just, first of all, before we go any further, is there anything that leaks more than Sony? <laughs> I think the Titanic leaked less than Sony. No, it, everything leaks out of Sony. <laughs> it is all calculated releases under the guise of a leak. I don't know. This one was really, like, when <laughs> yeah. you read through it, this was really like, yeah. if this is all real or if this is really the direction, they, they have a fucking real bad leak problem. Uh, because Craven, we all know the Craven the Hunter movie is coming. Uh, that's been in the works. There has been a, a massive leak, if you will, that gives away pretty much the entire plot line for the movie and how it fits into the universe. There are some exceptions. There were some things that we thought that they were going to do that they're not going to do. Uh, and then there were some other things. I don't want to spoil that on this right. show for you guys because we don't do that. Uh, so for those of you who don't like spoilers, this is a warning that there is a Craven the Hunter spoiler that's rolling around that may or may not be true. It was leaked from allegedly, uh, you know, we got our article from uh, Screen Geek who took it from Deadline. Yeah. So Deadline's usually very trustworthy. And it did come from allegedly a, uh, a, a grade A source that they usually get. So it could yeah. be real. Uh, they might change it. However, without talking about it, and I know, once again, that sounds weird, but I don't want to be the spoiler person. If you want to find it, it's easy to find. Yeah, it's, on the so it's everywhere. Uh, but, Ron, what do you feel about what you saw in these spoilers? And how would you? How do you feel about the Craven movie just from these spoilers? It's going to be crap. <laughs> like, like there's, there's no hope for this movie. And I was never really a fan of Craven anyways. He was just another version of Punisher in my eyes. Just without guns, pretty much. Just hunting Spider-Man because, you know, they just couldn't let Punisher do it. But whatever. It's it's not going to be good. I it, uh, Where it places in the storyline isn't really relative. <laughs> like, I... I if this is true, it's gonna. It, this movie's gonna flop worse than Morbius. Diesel, it's Marvin time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, with or flat out, let's just get the spoiler out there. It stinks. This movie is. It's going to be a Sony classic stinkeroo. Yeah. Yep. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. And the leak only confirms these suspicions. Like. When I saw the, these uh, leaks, I was like, 
All right. I already had like minimal hope that this was going to be a good movie. Those hopes are dashed. Yeah. So now if it's a mediocre movie at best, it's going to be the best Sony movie I've ever seen because I have expectations so low. I, I think there might be, if the leak did happen on purpose, I think it was just to get some feels and see if they had to rewrite. I don't know. If it didn't happen on purpose, I think it's just the person saying, hey, don't even bother with this. Yeah, it's going to be bad. The lack of what we anticipated being there, yeah. which makes no sense why Craven's even around. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. The fact that it's just being used to tie in to the other Sony movies, which is dumb. which aren't good. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Spider-Man. No. We're talking about the Sony films. Because I understand some people will be like, well, Spider-Man is the Sony... F-. No, no, no. It's a Disney-Sony co-production. We're talking about the Morbius's Venoms of the world. That's what we're talking about when we talk about Sony films. This does not... This, If this leak is even remotely true, yeah, it's, this does not look good at all. This looks like this is going to be possibly worse yeah. than Morbius. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's it, the, Yes, it makes no sense. <laughs> I could have, so I could have written a better. We're gonna have to change it to it's Craven time. It's Craven in time. Ooh, <laughs> Ma- the Cravening. Market it. Mar- it now, Diesel. Market the Cravening. The Cravening. But it's still gonna be better than Madam Web. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, I don't I've, know. The rumors on Madam Web is it's gonna. It's not necessarily gonna be. It's just to tie in Spider Man to their universe. That's the only reason why they're making it. <laughs> So there, there's some whatever rumors. But yeah. I digress. Once again, if you want to find out these spoiler leaks, go ahead and find them. You can seek them. They're all over the internet. But uh, if you're trying to dodge them, then yeah, it's if, just not looking good. If you're I'm a diehard Craven fan, avoid this completely because you will want to rip your own freaking eyes out after reading it. And uh, we have only one more uh, nerd news uh, topic. And that, of course, is that we found out this past week from Kevin Smith himself. That the trailer for the much-awaited Clerks 3 will be hitting everywhere on Tuesday, July 5th. Uh, Obviously, it's after we record, so next week we will be talking about the trailer itself. But uh, throwing it out to everybody, the excitement level is at an all-time high for all of us Kevin Smith fans as we finally get to see the first trailer from Clerks 3. Diesel, how excited are you for the Clerks 3 trailer? Cannot wait. I'll be checking this out tomorrow and then really hoping that we get to see it at the uh, Love and Thunder uh uh, trailers. I think that you might because just because a him and Chris Hemsworth, yep. yeah, good friends. Also, he's done a lot for Marvel, so it'd be good payback. And on top of that, it's coming out at the perfect time for it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I, it's gonna be fine. I kind of heard rumors of how what's supposed to happen, so we'll see. You know, it's Kevin. He writes his life, yep. so just take it that as a grain of salt, people. You'll you already know what this movie's about. Dante has a heart attack and he goes vegan. Pretty, but the the cat's not coming I, back. I think no. I think it's actually actually I think it's Randall has the heart attack, but but well, it's it's weird because uh, Randall did not want to come back. Yeah. As yeah. we know, uh, he said he was done with movies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he got him back this way. Yeah, and we get to see the on-screen return of Elias. Yes, yeah. Elias come back. Also, Rosario Dawson is coming back, which was surprising enough because you know. You thought with that big Star Wars money, she'd be yes. like, "Nah," but now she's coming back. No, so that's pretty awesome. I'm, 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 I'm in for the cast coming yes. back. Yeah, Elias didn't, didn't grow up so well. <laughs> no, but you know what? We still love him. <laughs> yeah. We still love him, and uh, we, 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 I can't wait to see where we go with this. Does All he have right. a twin brother Ezekiel? For the second second week in a row, man, by popular demand, 
And I'm going to do a live rendition because eventually I got to podcast this down. So bear with me. Let's see how weird this works because. And baby, talk nerdy to me. That's right. It's time to talk some nerdy here on the Three Fighters podcast. And uh, because it's an opinion poll. Uh, we had something that was brought to an attention by a good friend of ours. Shout out to Brian from Cheers to Comics. He tagged us in this. Uh, and it was a video that's been making the rounds with a hashtag, hashtag BatmanGate. And basically, the uh, the overview of this is that uh, comic book writer Chris Wozniak, who has done a lot of work for DC, uh, especially in the 80s and early 90s, is claiming that they, the blueprint for the Riddler storyline in the movie The Batman was taken from a 1990 Batman plot that he had pitched. He pitched it back in 1990. He also pitched it again uh, during uh, the early two th- late 90s, early 2000s, and lastly, he pitched it in 2014. Uh, that was one of the, the things that came out. So I know that uh, it was hard for Diesel to try to get through the video. <laughs> I know Ron also did not end I, up getting through the video. That's fine. I was busy with Stranger Things, Training Day, uh, plumbing in my house. I'm sorry. I'm going to kind of give you the roundabout shot for shot of how I'm looking at these things. Once again, here, here, this is just a framework of it. So on the one end, what he's claiming is this. So in 1990, he, he uh, had gone and wrote in a storyline for Batman, for the Riddler in particular, where he was going to make the Riddler grotesque. And that uh, the Riddler was going to be a serial killer. And during said things, he was also going to unleash a plague on Gotham City and to destroy Gotham City and also reveal that Bruce Wayne was Batman. So there is some similarities. The framework for it is, you know, the serial killer similarity, obviously. Uh, The overrunning story, they used the flood, but... It was still biblical with a plague. Yep. Uh, the fact that he was using uh, playing games with Batman through notes and clues and kind of using so there's a, there is a lot of similarities. I really did when I read this. I when I read and watched the video, I really thought there was a lot of similarities. I was like, okay, that's they might have taken the framework. My problems begin with the video though, and I I, I would say this to Chris Wozniak if I or you know if if I was talking to him. The problem that I have with this is that he then goes on to kind of explain what's similar in the movie and in his line. And there is things that are similar. We kind of mentioned some of them there. There's other ones like, you know, the the trust. But there's other things that aren't similar at all that he tries to stretch to make fit, which I don't think helps his cause. I.e., Diesel had brought up one of the first things in the video is he says that this is late in career Batman. When this in the movie, it's year two Batman. Yeah. So they that's not the same. Now, mind you, that doesn't stop them from taking the structural work, right? During this, he also makes claims because he's showing scenes from the movie and so whatever. One of the things he says that they took was the fact that the Riddler was going to expose Bruce Wayne was Batman. Well, in the movie, Batman he doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yes. That comes out. I mean, he used the scene in the his video where he's doing the Bruce Wayne thing, but we kind of find we find out that it has nothing to do with it. He's only jealous because he was a famous orphan that he doesn't know. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the plot line is he thinks that him and Batman are on the same team mm-hmm. until that moment. Yeah, it sounds like it's a straight match right there. <laughs> he also then goes ahead and says that in uh, in his book. He fights Bane. He realizes that instead of it being Bane, it was uh, 
henchmen, yep. and then they poison him, and he has to use an antidote, and he shows the scene of when he shoots himself up with the toxin to become... To, to get his, it's like adrenaline. It's not, it, it, once again, that's not the same. It wasn't, they didn't get him with poison. He was beat up and beat down. He gave himself a boost. He basically roided himself up. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's not the same. Okay, continue on. Um, he also used one that was like really weird because he's like, okay, the Joker. The Joker was in the background and he was the guy who really planned all of it. This way it was through the internet. I'm like, the Joker didn't plan any of this. Even with the cut scene of him going Silence of the Lamb style to see the Joker, that we got to see that deleted scene, even with that deleted scene, the Joker doesn't meet the Riddler till the end of the movie, and he was never in contact with him from any reference point. Yeah. They met and became friends, as he says, at the end of the movie. There was no mastermind of the Joker in this, in this movie. So bringing that up doesn't really help your case, and there was a few other ones that were out there that were a little smaller that I'm like, Okay, they don't match up. And I mean, I understand if it was a word off, I was I forgave a lot of those ones, like yeah. Plague and Flood. I'm like, that's similar. It yeah. really is. Yeah. But, like, when you're, like, claiming that Batman was poisoned in the movie, he wasn't. When you're claiming that Batman was, the, the, the Riddler was going to reveal Batman's identity in the movie, he didn't know his identity. Yeah. Like, that's in the movie. And when you're saying that the, the Joker was the mastermind, that was never established in the movie. As a matter of fact, the opposite was established. Yes. So when you really boil it down, and I, 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 let me get your feelings about what you guys have heard, and then I'll give my take. So we'll start with Diesel because he leaned forward, so <laughs> I feel like he's got something to say. Diesel, what are you thinking? So just because you wrote a story that involved many of the same characters, because you're writing for DC, does not make it the same plot. And one of the most logical conclusions to go with with the Riddler is to go with the serial killer aspect. Like, I'm surprised, like, movie-wise, this hasn't been done before. Right. It's just one of the logical steps because, you know, you have the... People love serial killers, and then they love the ones that, like, leave clues. The riddles, all that type of thing. When I was watching this, there, there was some of the framework where it was just like, yeah, but a lot of it was just a stretch. And I just didn't get it. I, I didn't see it. And even if, even if 100% there was a grand conspiracy to rip this story out from you, you are working for DC. The McNugget Man doesn't get any uh, points on the McNuggets once they sell the McNuggets. No, you get back there and write another story, asshole. <laughs> well, if they didn't purchase the story, what he's saying, they didn't purchase the story, then there could be a problem. But we'll get back to that. Ron, what are you thinking? Right. You Okay. You get the whole point of if they didn't purchase it, then what? But this is what happens in storylines with comics and everything. They get hit with so many different ideas. And then at some point, somebody that's writing it goes, hey, we, let's take a little bit of this. Let's take a little bit of that. It, it, it's what happens. I mean, the, like, let's just go with Venom. Venom was created because some kids sent in an idea. And they said, okay, here, yes, Marvel did pay the $150 for it. Now look at it. But, like, it, it's just like, uh, it's just there. Like, you, you have to have proof that, it, that you wrote it other than your idea of, hey, this really similar to what I put out there. There's probably a hundred stories that look similar to this. This this just became popular. You want your freaking payday. To give to give a little bit of credit, I will say this: there is a the part of a video where he, and I forgive me because I forgot the guy's name. I didn't write this down. Uh, the the person on the DC Comics end who helps adapt comic books into movies. 
there was an interview with him that he uses a clip from where the guy goes, well, what we do with Batman movies is simple. We go back to old stories in the Batman arc. We go with stories we may or may not have used. We go with something as pop culture. We then give it to the, the, the movie writers, and then they turn that framework into a skyscraper, and that's how we make Batman movies. And I'm like, okay, that sounds right for about everything, yeah. right? So I'm like... So maybe on that case, and I, and I get why he put it in there, because he's right. Maybe they did use his work for a framework. Because th- there is enough to say that there was a framework for it, right? Yeah. My problem is this, though. Why are you making a YouTube video, a Patreon, and a GoFundMe, instead of just suing DC Comics, Warner Media? If you have the evidence that he says he has, there was uh, he showed some text messages and messenger stuff. If you have the evidence... If you did the due diligence of the paperwork and you have where you've turned this story in multiple times and you have the fucking story, why wouldn't you, if, you know, if the framework was taken and you were never compensated for it, you have a claim. Right. You actually do, 100%. And if you go to a court of law, they're going to have to give you your piece of the claim as long as that's followed. Because there is enough in, I think he's even admitted, there's enough in the framework you could say, okay, they took the framework. Mm-hmm. They changed a lot of it. But they took the framework, and you still are owed for that. Now, if they had purchased that comic at one point, because he was a freelance writer for DC, I want to point out. So if they never purchased the comic, they never... See, that's what this lies on. If they had purchased that writing and then just stuck it away somewhere, you have zero claims to it. Because they already paid you. However, if they did not purchase it, and then they use the framework, you do have a claim to get a piece of the pie. And... Technically, I'm with art. We're always with artists. Yeah. You yeah. should get your piece of the pie. Yeah. Yeah. But my problem with this whole thing, and Chris, if you hear this, my biggest issue with this is why are you going to YouTube, Patreon, and GoFundMe instead of going to a lawyer to get this handled? Yeah. Because you don't have to pay a lawyer up front in a case like this. You know that, right? No. Like you don't pay them up front to call if they think that they can make money, they're going to take the case because they get a percentage of your winnings. Yeah. And I don't understand. Maybe you're trying to put pressure outside of court on DC, but that's not smart. They're never going to cave to you. Yeah, no. Warner, Warner Media, Discovery Warner, whatever they're fucking called now, which owns DC Comics and everything else, they don't care about you. You have to prove that all of this is real. And and like I said, I will give you the credit that from what I've seen so far, it looks like the framework was there. It looks like they at least took some of the framework, possibly, if the story's real, right? Right. Did they change it? Yes, they built that skyscraper as they they yeah. talked about. Once again, if they never purchased it from him, and they never paid him for that, then they owe him some royalties from using the framework because that is law. However, if this story comes out that they did purchase that comic and it just sat around collecting dust, then they owned it already and you already were paid for it. Or if it comes out that this story isn't even real. I and once again, I don't. I'm not on the basis of calling anybody a liar. And I'm not saying no, it's a liar. No, no, no. It just is odd to me. I did say I was going to keep my eye on as it develops, and if it more develops, we will talk more about it. But I just find it weird that you're using this as a way of starting a Patreon and a GoFundMe for alleged illegal things when you could just go to a fucking lawyer. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't get. I mean, I after you go to the lawyer, you would do this, but it doesn't sound like he's been to a lawyer. Yeah, pure speculation is you try to win over the court of public opinion first and then just try to get a settlement before even having to do a, a trial or anything like that. Agreed. So, so that this might just be doing that or the Batman was very polarizing for some reason. We all loved it. We absolutely loved it. But there was a lot of people that didn't like it. So you can also like just bank on the people that 
hated it being supporters of you. So you could just make some of that side money on the Patreon and whatnot. Right. I can see that. I can, I can see that. But the other question is, what if there's four other stories sitting on a shelf that resemble his story? Yeah. And they purchase those other two or three. Not, not even all four. Because like, it's a hundred years of Batman. Yeah. There, somebody has had to have the idea to make the change the Riddler somewhere. Maybe not into a serial killer, but let's change the Riddler into something more fearful. Okay, then we'll, you know, then the idea came in the sitting room into a serial killer, not even knowing this was ever sent out. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not trying to talk him mm-hmm. down because I get it. Like, I, I got ideas in my head that I don't talk about because I don't want to see him get made because I don't want to, because I'm, I'm never going to get him made, but I don't want to see him get made because I don't want to be like, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. But there's a lot of parallel you write a treatment and get paid for. You don't have to write a full script. You just write a treatment and get paid for. Yeah, if, I, they, if the stories are so. Yeah, I'm just saying. No, I'm, I've, I've been typing shit up. Like, all, and maybe I will. And all you have to do is all you have to do beforehand is trademark it. Yeah, which isn't that hard, believe it. Or not. Yeah. But there's a ton of just parallel thinking, especially when you come into these worlds where people love to fancy book comic books. Like, yeah. So even if even the writers they love to do this type of stuff, but there could be thousands of stories where people have like fancy booked. The Riddler is a serial killer. Yeah. And, you know, unleashing a plague, which seems to be a huge thing in Gotham. I mean, unleashing plagues. Oh, yeah, it's, it's happened a ton of times. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like even with, with the animated movie Hush, switching that around. Yeah. Well, they, they take liberties in their animated movies, especially, which I think I like that because it makes it different. Yeah. I mean, famously, they did it in The Killing Joke. Yeah, that's they, true. They, they did not leave that to the... No, uh, no. They didn't leave it open-ended whether he killed that no, motherfucker no, or not. He it, killed that son of a bitch. The, the last laugh you hear is just... Freaking Batman. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, once again, I, I, I want to say this, uh, ending out talking, ner- you know, talk nerdy to me on this one for hashtag Batman gate. I'm going to keep my eyes on it. We'll definitely gotta keep you guys posted if anything new happens. But I, I will say this. I think just from the randomness of it, they, if everything falls in line, he would have a case. I mean, there is a framework issue. And if he was never paid for and he's claiming that, then take it to court. That's all I can say. I, I don't, I, you know, even if it's, I understand winning the court of public opinion. I agree that that helps you in some ways. But at the same point in juncture, you also have to start those legal, uh, you know, things going on because at the end of the day, that's the only way you're going to get credit. So I think from a framework stack, if it's, if everything lines up, he could have a case. But to then go into the video and do some extra things that didn't help your cause, that's a little rough for me. Because like literally I'm watching, I'm like, that's not in the movie. Like yeah. there's there the the there you know the, we find out directly that the Riddler does not know he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like he was threatening, but to to portray it as they did that, they didn't do that. Or to portray that he got uh, poisoned and had to take an antidote. Well, no, he just shot himself up with a toxin that made him fucking like a steroid basically yeah. to keep going because he was fucking hurt like a son of a bitch. Yeah, you know, and, you know, and then the Joker being the mastermind. No, he meets the Joker at the end. Like, that was a whole surprise thing. And even if you add the deleted scene, the deleted scene doesn't say that they were in cahoots. The deleted scene is the Silence of the Lambs scene. Uh-huh. They were literally borrowing from Silence of the Lambs, which I'm not, you know, I'm not opposed to. I thought it was pretty cool. And going, hey, I have, I'm have, i having a problem catching this psycho. You're a fucking psycho. Help me. Well, I don't know. I believe the guy. It, it, back in 1990, he knew that, you know, the Joker's uh, online presence was going to go viral. Well, no, he didn't say online because he said that they met in like normal. Well, no, no, time. I'm just talking about you know, obviously the, the internet movie. has come in, but you know, so that was a di- that was one of the differences you did point out because obviously they use the internet. Well, yeah, of course, if you were in 1990, the internet wasn't really a big thing. But I, I, I digress. Like I said, I if, if if my things to Chris Wozniak is just hey, 
put it together and take it to court. I mean, if you have the right things in order. If not, then this is just a weird cash grab, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to make a movie, a video, make a video. Don't just put words on the screen while you play somebody else's property. Yeah, that's true. Because all I mean, it did was remind me of how great the Batman is. And then, <laughs> and then at the end, he had all the documents. And then you had to slow them down, and that's why I didn't do that. Because I'm like, I'm not going to fucking sit here and screenshot, slow down and screenshot everything. That's not my... Put it all out in document form. Yeah. yeah. Give Na- me a, Send me a Word document, man. Or narrate the important bits of it. Yeah, there's a lot of things you could have done. You, you could have done a voiceover. You do some interviews. Whatever you need to no. do. I just... I just, I, like I said, on one hand, I think he has, there, there's a possible case, but once again, there's a lot of ducks that have to line up. And the other hand, what makes me leery, because it makes me leery nowadays in anything, is when you, I see a Patreon and a GoFundMe yeah. set up, and we're not going to a court, allegedly yet, and I have all these things set up, it looks like you're trying to make some monies. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, we'll see where it goes from here. We'll keep you updated if we have any more information. But with that being said, it's time for this week's edition of... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. Really big box office this week, but coming in at number five, still on the list, the black phone with another $12.3 million. Nice. Hey, they're making all the monies back. Uh, number four, Jurassic World Dominion with 15.7. Dinosaurs. It's... Uh, having a little bit of a drop off, but for its uh, second week on the list, Elvis with another nineteen million dollars. I'm so upset. No more people didn't go see I, it. I, I tried. My, I told my dad about it. He's like, "Oh, maybe I'll go." And he's like, uh, "It is a long movie." Like, I just want to throw this out there. If you watched, I mean, I guess you're, if you're not a fan of Elvis, you're but if your problem with the the only reason you're not seeing it is because it's almost three hours, it's two hours and forty one minutes. But if you watch that season finale of uh, Stranger, uh, Stranger Things. Things, if you count them together, that's over four hours. If you count the, just the one, that is only 11 minutes shorter. So if you had no problems watching that, but your only reason for not going to see Elvis, you know what? It's been hot in the Northeast the past week. It's, it's supposed to continue to be hot. What's better than going to a theater in the nice cold air? AC. Exactly. Oh. Number two this week, staying right at the top of the list, Top Gun Maverick with $25.5 million. No surprises there. July 4th. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little bit of a resurgence. Yeah. Uh, and then the debuting on this list. With $108.5 million, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Which, you know what, I wanna, I'm glad that, that we were, I knew it was going to be number one. And we knew it was going to make money. But have you seen this gentle Minion bullshit? Yes. Dude. <laughs> I have no idea why, but yes. Dude, how fucking stupid are the, like, mind you, they all look like to be 20-somethings. Yep. Dressing up, disrupting a children's fucking movie... And destroying theaters. I don't know. So like, you're bizarre. fucking morons. Like, I, I really, there's no no sense that I can say, I don't understand you. You know what? Everybody goes, I don't understand, you know, like, we always bring it up. We don't understand Gen Z or, you know, the people before or behind us. You know why we don't understand some of you? Because you do the dumbest fucking shit. You're the generation of eating Tide Pods. Yeah. Defense. <laughs> if they were a candy, they look like they'd be the most delicious things ever. The Agreed. colors on them, they look like they. But we know delicious. they're not candy. <laughs> I know. And they knew they weren't candy. And as a generation who still got our asses whooped and still got the bar of lava soap in the <sighs> mouth, we know that we don't want fucking soap in our mouths. <laughs> okay. So I'm just saying, 
it's a weird like when we say we don't understand you it's because you do dumb shit like this this is a family kids movie and you decided to go in and be disruptive and assholes about it like you're lucky you're not in the theater that I'm in because I'm probably going to be throw you an ass whooping and like you're like oh well there's ten of them it doesn't fucking matter they're all a bunch of pussies yeah you, you like you, I'm just throwing it out there you punch the first one in the throat the rest aren't fucking sticking around no they're gonna run <laughs> like I, I'm surprised more people didn't go that route because like fuck but that's 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 my problem with shit like that's why we're in the situation we are in this country yeah. and a lot of things is because people won't stand up and do anything because of whatever norms or whatever they're scared of I don't understand it was a, like what I saw was a bunch of fucking white entitled kids like they didn't look like fucking kids that came from low income they looked like entitled white motherfuckers like what are you scared of like seriously we need to do better as a fucking community oh, like yeah. there's nothing entertaining about that especially if I was taking like thank you to my kids 16 yeah but, like, if I was taking my nieces and nephews to this and that shit happened, I'd fucking somebody up. Yeah. But I do like the fact that the movie theaters were like, nobody dressed up in any kind of suits or is allowed to see movies. Yep. So that was the response. They yeah. fucking just banned motherfuckers. Which I'm glad that they did. You know, I'm, I'm honestly, I really am. Like, just this is yeah. one of those things that is pointless. I mean, to be fair, the last time I see, saw a grown man dressed up in a suit at a kid's movie, it wound up really bad for me. Oh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but uh, honestly, though, I, I just wanted to throw that, that out That was there. you? Oh, shit. I, dude, <laughs> it's John Wayne Ron. <laughs> Ron Wayne Gacy. <laughs> I think I like John Wayne Ron better. <laughs> that, that, that was better. That was better. Uh, but anyways, no, I, I just wanted to so that. If it, no, I, I, I don't I, think I, anybody I, who listens to this show is going to be offended by that. That's just fucking dumb. No, it like, is. Like, if you do that during, like, and think about it, they picked the family movie on purpose. Because if you did that shit during Top Gun Maverick, somebody's throwing you an ass whooping. Because oh, yeah, the yeah. older generation is in that fucking movie theater. They're going to fuck you yeah. up. And he... It would have been, even if the cops were called and they were going to take me, I'd be like, look, I thought it was a mass shooting issue. Yeah, yeah the dudes I, were fucking I, I, being disruptive and stuff. I thought they were going to pull out a gun. Yeah. I feared for my life. Yep, that's exactly what I would say. And like, I get in theory what they're doing. They're the gentle minions. They're minions still. They're going to cause havoc, but... You're human you, beings, you, and this is a movie where you're ruining it for children. Yeah, just don't. Don't make this about you. Like, fuck out of here. Oh, my God. This is a movie made for children. And yes, you can watch his families. I I've watched yeah. all these movies. I didn't see this one in the theater, uh, but like, yeah, I might still. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but my point of the matter is like, this is the disturbing part of America. Don't ruin shit for the kids, man. But then again, this is also the age of America where people answer their cell phones and are on FaceTime in the middle of fucking movies. Yeah. With the last three movies we've gone to, as a group, well, as a group and separate, we have witnessed people answer FaceTime calls. Bitch, I'll be home in a couple hours. Dude, that was by far the greatest we've ever seen. Don't answer a FaceTime from your bitch when you got your side piece sitting next to you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Mistakes were made. But I'm like, that's, that's I, I don't know. I just draw the line at fucking up kids stuff. Yeah. Like, oh. let's not ruin stuff for kids and families. Let's be better than that. But of course, once again, I saw all the videos. They look like a bunch of entitled white motherfuckers. Probably. Uh, to, to borrow from our good friend, uh... The late great George Carlin. <laughs> so, go figure that they would be the ones that ruin something. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Diesel, what's in upcoming? All right, upcoming on July eighth, Thor: Love and Thunder. Woohoo! And that, by the way, that will be next week's three FN movie club review. So, just so you guys know. And then the following week on July fifteenth, I will be doing my own gentle minion, and I will have a fanny pack full of fucking Cajun crawfish to hand out where the crawdads sing. Yeah, we're gonna go see that. I think we're gonna review that one. 
I think that's been the consensus. The other big movie for that week is the kids' movie Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. By the way, I might go see that movie. I I do kind of want to see that movie. Ricky Gervais is in it. The the, the fucking sound. Oh, it's so good. I might might have to go see that one, too. All right. With that being said, Diesel, that's going to bring us to this week's top three. Your top three favorite cop flicks. Top three favorite cop flicks of all time? Yep. Of all time. All right. So I'm going to go in at my number three spot. 48 hours. Oh, Nick Nolte, nice, nice Eddie Murphy, and of course, Eddie Murphy singing very badly to Roxanne. Yep. <laughs> uh, the movie's great, by the way. If you've never seen 48 Hours, it is the an old school 80s buddy cop film. Lots of comedy in it. Big fan of it. Make sure you check it out. Uh, number two, and this is going to come to no surprise to anybody, the Lethal Weapon movies. Specifically, Lethal Weapon 1 and Lethal Weapon 3 is my favorite. Although 2 is also good, so don't get me wrong. 4 is what it is. <laughs> it is what it, it is. is. At least is. Chris Rock is funny in that one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, of course, you know, as, as a whole, but if we're going to pick just one, the original is, is bad. Also, Christmas film. <laughs> Remember, it does open at Christmas time, and they do have uh, Jingle Bell Rocks as the opening song. Just so you guys know. Uh, great movie, of course, starring Danny Glover and Mel Gibson. Uh, also, Joe Pesci in the se- comes in in the second one. Uh, Renee Russo's in those films. Such a great cast. Uh, lots of fun to be had. Once again, there's a little bit of comedy, but that's a little more serious take. And my number one of all time, and literally it's the entire series for this as well, Beverly Hills Cop, baby. Eddie fucking Murphy doing Eddie Murphy things. I even liked the third one. I know some people were very judgmental, but I still liked it. Uh, I love I love the first two are, are, are top notch. The third one isn't as good as the first two, but it's still super entertaining. And man, fingers crossed, we knew he's doing that victory lap. Yeah. Allegedly, Beverly Hills Cop 4 was back on the table. So hopefully we finally get to see that. I don't know who they're going to cast now. Originally, back in the day, it was when he was younger, it was going to be Nick Cannon and, and Eddie Murphy because Nick Cannon was going to play the son okay. of Eddie Murphy. Now I'm sure they'd have to change that because I'd probably want to go with a young... Because the whole point was to go with somebody younger. Right. I don't know. Uh, but hopefully they do make it because I love that series. Ron, your top three cop movies. All right. Since you took all three of the Beverly Hills cop movies, which, which is fine. <laughs> well, you can I, say, I, all, I, yeah, you can no, say whatever. I, we'll, we'll put that as honorable mention because they, they are amazing. You should watch them. Uh, number three, I'm going to put Police Academies. Oh yeah, I like it. they all they're slapstick. Each one had a good part. Like they they got stupider as they went on. I will, but I'm putting them all together. And they and they really unleashed the goots on the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, number two, I'm going with Reservoir Dogs. Like it's such a solid movie. Yeah, I rewatch it. It's still one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino. By movies. the way, a lot of people forget that it is a cop movie. Yep. It is. Yep. Well, you got uh, what's his face being orange there being the the spy mm-hmm. uh, or mole. Uh, and then uh, number one, I'm going with Heat. Oh, Heat's so good. Heat's another great one. Pacino and De Niro, so good. It was one of the first times. I mean, they had done movies before, but it was right. one of the first times that they were both on screen together. Because yeah. got to remember, The Godfather Part Two, they weren't on screen together. It was the flashback scenes of Vito, and then the the modern scenes of Michael. So this was that was one of the first times they were on screen together, and it's phenomenal. Gosh. Both great actors. Diesel. All right. My number three is also the same as Ron's. I love the Police Academy Ooh, movies nice. growing up, um, especially even when they got a little worse. You know, right, anyway, right. As a kid, when they came out, I love Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Okay. So, so I was yeah. going to just ask, who's your favorite person on the Police Academy? Hightower. Hightower? <laughs> What's your, who do you got? Uh, yeah, Hightower. Hightower is great. <laughs> actually, when you actually watch this character, 
What, what's her name? The girl. Oh, her, his oh yeah, yeah. The the, the, the really the little black. So, yeah, yeah. I always forget her name. She's, she's so, so soft spoken. So, yeah, so she starts yeah, yelling. Like, like her, her delivery every time you needed that to happen. You knew it was coming. It was it was scripted, but it was always part of the movie. You were just like, yeah. I was I was always a fan of uh, what is it Tackleberry Tackleberry was yep. good because he's just he's he's such a bee headed a dummy but he's hilarious in those ways uh, put the gun down where the hell did you get that gun <laughs> that's not issued <laughs> so good but anyways continue number two they're kind of cheesy the first one I thought was great the second one not as good but I still enjoyed it. 21 Jump Street. Oh. I really enjoyed those more than a lot of people did. Uh, 22 Jump Street was still... I thought 22 Jump Street was still fun. It wasn't as funny as the first one, but it was definitely fun. And then number one, we're going with... It's a very slow movie, but it has a killer cast, and I really enjoyed this movie. Weird choice with uh, how they played the one character, but Copland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Stallone, right? Stallone playing a deaf cop, but, you know, fat Stallone. And he had Michael Rackpapore, Harvey Keitel. Such a great movie. And everybody was was, uh, corrupt except for Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. I actually dug that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of corrupt cops, because we'll obviously in the second half of this show, of course, we'll be coming back with 3FN's uh, movie club review of Training Day from our Patreon. So, uh, and quick shout out to the best worst cop movie because if you watch it from the other side, it's like, give it the Cobra Kai treatment. I'm all about it. Serpico, Serpico, dude. I watched Serpico, and you know it's about the you know the guy who yeah. you know, goes. I, on. I don't know if I remember seeing this. Dude, you never seen Serpico? He deserves to get shot in the Star- fucking face. Stars Al Pacino. Yeah, young and Al Pacino. Basically, it's a true story. He went undercover to yeah, try and expose. I didn't see this one. I'll have to see it. Also, by honorable mention, if none of us mentioned, Donnie Brasco. Oh, so yeah. That yeah. See, I've seen uh, that Brasco. one. Yeah. That's great. Well, also based on a true story. So, uh, check those out. Uh, there's so many great... There is so. There's a lot of great cop movies. But when Serpico gets shot in the face, I am just like, fuck yeah. Because, yeah. dude, you don't turn on your brother's... Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh. It's basically he was. He infiltrated the police. He was riding them out to the uh, internal, internal affairs. affairs. Uh, so basically, he was undercover for, for internal, internal affairs. affairs. Uh, but there was a lot of corruption at the time. So, <sighs> also, big shout outs to a, a, a friend of ours, the, the the wonderful Courtney Gaines, because Colors is phenomenal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we yeah. bring it up, but Colors is one of the more phenomenal films as well. You need to see. That yes. movie. Uh, James Caan and Sean Penn killing it. Killing it. And of course, our good friend Courtney Gaines in that movie as well as a one of the Vatos, one of the gangsters. <laughs> uh, with that being said, though, that's going to do it for this week's Diesel's Movie Trample Stuff. We're going to take a break. When we come back from the break, it is going to be time for the 3FN Movie Club review of Training Day. Welcome back 
from the break. It is now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And of course, this week it was a Patreon pick once again. If you want to add your picks, by the way, join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of bonus content. Plus, you get to add to the list of movies that we review on for We Love Movies, which is one of the exclusive programs to uh, 8122 Productions on Patreon. And also, when we have weeks where we don't have a new movie coming out, we use those that list. And sometimes we use our own, but we use that list sometimes to also get shows for right here. So, once again, this is a Patreon pick. It was Training Day. Are you guys ready to talk about Training Day? Yep. Even though this movie's from 2001, we are going to follow the normal format of 3FN Movie Club. That means we're going to give you the spoiler-free synopsis of the film, and then we are going to give you our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, our thumbs down recommendation for said film. After that, we'll play the spoiler alert, and then we'll go into the full spoiler full review of Training Day. Uh, so here we go. Spoiler-free synopsis as given to us by Google. Says police drama about a veteran officer who escorts a rookie on his first day with the LAPD's tough inner city narcotics unit. Training Day is a blistering action drama that asks the audience to decide what is necessary, what is heroic, and what crosses the line in the harrowing gray zone of fighting urban crime. Does law-abiding law enforcement come at the expense of justice and public safety? If so, do we demand safe streets at any cost? I really think that that is a weird fucking synopsis. Yes, that is not a synopsis for Training Day, by the way. By the way, Training Day is a movie about crooked cops. Yes, there you go. That's that would be how I how I go about it. But uh, anyways, Training Day was originally uh, released on September second, twenty or two thousand one, at the Venice Film Festival. It got the wide release on October fifth, two thousand one, with a runtime of one hundred and twenty two minutes. It was produced by uh, production companies were Village Roadshow Pictures and Outlaw Productions, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers pictures uh it was produced by bobby newmeyer and jeffrey silver it was written by david Iyer and directed by antoine fuqua i always love that name that's why i remember how to say it uh cinematography was uh, by mario furo edited by conrad buff music by mark mancini and of course training day stars uh denzel washington as alonzo harris he would win the academy award for this film just so you know uh ethan hawk as jay coit eva mendez as sarah macy gray as the sandman's wife that's how she was dr dre as paul yes dr dre plays a character named paul uh scott glenn as roger charlotte ayana as lisa uh tom berenger as stan gursky by the way tom berenger in this movie how great uh, Snoop Dogg is in the movie as a character named Blue. Uh, and then there's so many more that we could fucking just name off forever. You would probably notice 90% of this cast. Yeah. yeah. 90%. Uh, and last but certainly not least, are you guys ready to guess? The, uh, the budget of the film was $45 million. What was the box office for Training Day, Ron? $130 million. Diesel? $145 both were off. 104.9 million. So it did decent, especially yeah. in 2001 dollars. That's pretty good. All right. Now that we've ran through that, it is now time to give our thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation. Spoiler free. Also give your reason why. Diesel, looks like you're playing with the goatee, so I'm going to start with you. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, and why? One of the most perfect cases of thumbs in the middle. I can't like really recommend it, and I can't disrecommend it. So it's just one of those movies where it's an entertaining like popcorn film watch, but I don't think it's like something that you need to see. Ronald, 
If you haven't seen it, I say watch it. If you have seen it, you don't really need to rewatch. It's the stuff stated. Let's be honest. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. If you've never seen the movie, thumbs up. If you haven't seen the movie, you're on your own there. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It, I don't regret watching it. Yeah. It, like so, I'm just going to throw the rewatching it. But I'm going to say this: my score from when I originally saw it to my score when I most recently saw it, which was this past weekend, has definitely changed, yes. <laughs> uh, and not to the positive. So, uh, trust me, it's one of those movies that did not age as well as we would have liked it to. And I think that's what I would say for anybody who's seen it. But if you haven't seen it, this is definitely a movie to see. I mean, you do have some really good performances in this movie, so I would really say check it out. Uh, But please be aware that uh, plot holes do exist. With that being said, though, that is going to take us out of the spoiler-free portion of this show. And that means we're going to play the alert after this alert is over. We are going to be in the spoiler zone, so you've been warned. All right. Spoilers are abode. So, as always, like we say, we don't go scene by scene. We go the good and the bad. So, we'll start with the likes. Ron, what did you like about Training Day? It's it, like I said. It's one of those movies that if you do watch, it is it, it's there. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. The the good about it is you know the performances are actually good in it. it Ethan Hawke, I really like his character through this whole yeah. whole whole movie. Like he he's he's what makes the movie for me. Not, not even uh, Denzel. Like, Which is actor. weird that he was not the leading actor. Yeah, they considered Denzel. Denzel won for best actor. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was the supporting actor, is Ethan Hawke. But the story is about Ethan Hawke. Yeah. yeah. He's the moral, your moral compass on this story. Yeah. You know, and the plus part is it's a movie that takes place in one day, training day. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, a week or anything. It's like it starts off in the morning of him waking up at 5 a.m. And it ends with him. And it was, I think it was like... It might have been after midnight. So might, might have been, is, but it's still, but it's still late. It's, it's late it's, at night. It's dark. Up. So between out. ten and one a.m., you know, 10, 10, 10 p.m. to one a.m. ish, you would think because he's, you know, yeah. but so like it, it, it's it's a story in twenty a twenty four hour period. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of before they really started doing all that. You know, like usually movies like this take place over a course of. Like, they give you way too much background. Yeah, way too much it, stuff it, you don't it, need. Yeah, but the, it, it it is a very quick story, like two hours. You're in and out. Like the story's there, but you you move right along with it. Yeah, the pacing is well. The pacing is very well. So, so that's another positive. Diesel, some positives. Yeah, I'll, I'll tag along with the acting in this. Ethan Hawke is this is one of the performances where I actually really loved Ethan Hawke. The way that he motes and just his eyes alone. Yeah, like, he was great. Um, the the little twist in it was a good twist, but. I actually disagree with what Ron was saying with the pacing of it. Like, I think this movie could have gone better with going over a course of a few days because it was kind of unbelievable that all this happens in 14 hours. What twist are you talking about? We're in spoilers, so you can talk about the twist. Uh, the whole that the Denzel's character is setting up Ethan Hawke to take the fall for them. The, the main yeah, twist. Yeah, the main twist. Yeah, okay. It's like you would think like if you're going to like get a patsy, you're going to not do it within a day because that's way too suspicious <laughs> it is but they don't seem to care because you know the one thing they do is good is they set up the, the corruption on many levels because yeah. remember at one point he goes to see the wise men which is an older a mafia-esque but older in the police force yeah. these are guys who are running the police force so they're going to make that go away they were probably trying to find somebody just the, the patsy was just basically to make everything go away because remember 
the other twist in the movie that comes to play into the ending is that Denzel kills some Russian mobster in fucking Vegas yep. the previous weekend. So the reason why some of this shit is happening is because he needs money to pay off the Russian mob so they don't kill him. And the wise men want to make sure he doesn't die because he has too much. They have too much invested in yeah, him. Yeah, he's a good earner. So that's why when we meet Roger at first in the movie, he's like, like there's a friendship almost. But and this is what makes that sad when you get to that. And this is one of the things I like about the movie. So I'm going back. Is is I love how they keep going back to certain things and showing you things aren't always how it seems and it's fucking wild because when you first meet Roger and he takes uh, you know Ethan Hawke's character over there to meet Roger yes we find out he's a drug lord yes we find out whatever but he seems like a good dude yeah. like he asks he's asking Denzel if he's okay like if everything going good is it, you know I know that you've been having some problems are you you know do you need anything like very like not like because they're friends yeah. so when they come back with their warrant. And rip up his floor and rob him and murder him. You're like, what the fuck? And even he's like, wow, can't believe you're doing me like this. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's fucked up. And you're like, wow. And that's really what makes Alonzo Denzel Washington's character the personification of evil because he has no loyalty to anybody but himself. Yeah, literally. Um, I love the I love how they show the the Ethan Hawke build through the movie. I think is also great because you start off and he wants to be a member of the narcotics union. This is what he wants, and he, when he meets Denzel, he talks too much and he's whatever. And then you see from that point on the progression of him just trying to fit in and his fights with his morals, whether it's smoking PCP. What <laughs> one of the best scenes of the movie too is though the realization that fuck. All right, he's smoking pot. Under severe peer pressure, does he it, thinks it's pot. Finds out it's PCP, and when he finally puts it all together, where you've been setting this up all this entire time, that was really cool. Yeah, especially because he <laughs> says to him, "He's like, I'm going to turn you in." He's going, "What are you going to turn me in for? You're going to you're going to test positive because you've been smoking PCP all day." <laughs> like you're like, oh shit, because like at some point, I don't know if he's really the like the twist of he's a patsy. I don't know if he's really always the patsy because the reason why I'm saying that is almost like they tried to bring him in the fold at some points. Because think about it, they wanted to make him do certain things to be into the fold. Yeah. But then it's just like, nah. No. When they realize, I think it's when he realizes he can't change him. Is when he's like, okay, so then you're just going to be our patsy. See, I, I took it more where Alonzo was more evil, where it didn't matter who they were getting. This oh, guy true. was taking the fucking fall. Yeah. And I don't care how much I like this kid, how much he fits in with the team. No, we need this guy to take the fall, and I need to save my own life. I think, so you're I, probably, yeah. I think you're probably right in the long run. But, I mean, there was times where you almost feel like he's trying to, like, lower him into the dark side a little bit. Yeah. Uh, especially the scene with the, the crackheads that comes back. And that's actually in my negatives. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but, yeah. So, adding on to that, like I said, the, I, th I thought the Ethan Hawke storyline of the morals and him finally getting back to his morals. And although going, okay, if we're lawless, then... Yeah, I got to do this a little different way. And, and actually, so he takes a little bit of that corruption that he got and he mixes it with his morals to get adjusted, yeah. his resolute, which I thought was an interesting take, especially coming into the end, because I want to talk about that. I love the ending of this film. I think this film ends on, on, a, on a super cool note. Uh, by the way, before we go, there's shout outs to some of the cameos in the movie, specifically Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg is badass that. in this movie, even in a wheelchair. <laughs> uh, but when you get to the end of this movie, because that plays a part, the Snoop Dogg wheelchair scene plays a part in the end of this movie because finally you know you get the shootout in the house which the action scenes in this movie are pretty cool especially the, towards the end where you have the shootout between uh, Denzel and Ethan Hawke in the house that carries out across roofs uh, you know the, the fighting goes into the streets and finally you're in the streets and it looks like it looks like Denzel is going to get away with this Yep. but then the community comes out 
and we don't like the way you've been treating us. <laughs> By the way, Terry Crews in the background. How great is that? <laughs> uh, so good. I fucking love Terry Crews. Uh, so we don't like the way you're treating us. And they look at Ethan Hawke and they're like, you know what? You've been good. You know, mind you, this is weird because it's one day. You're good. This yeah. is this is the part yeah. where I give you the negative <laughs> on that. It's one day because they're like, you know what? We respect you, man. Get out of here. We'll take care of this. Yep. And then, of course, Denzel goes into the classic. Yeah. I'm going to get cases on all you motherfuckers. <laughs> all you motherfuckers are getting cases. Fuck all of you. King Kong ain't got shit on me. You know, it goes on longer than that, obviously. Right. Uh, but it's still one of the most epic, yeah. you know, think about it film. And once again, though, you thought that the mob was going to take out Denzel, and they don't. They just walk away because they don't give a fuck about him, which I think hurts his ego yeah. more than anything. Because then we're still like, okay, he's still going to get the fuck away because he's... He, well, he doesn't have the money because Ethan Hawke took the money. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we don't ever know if Ethan Hawke turns that money in or just keeps it. I, I was hoping he just kept it and him and his wife quit. He quit the police force and he retired somewhere. Because that's what I would do. No, he was too good. He was too good. Yeah. He, he probably ratted out the whole corruption. The wise men are going. Everybody's yeah. going down. Everybody's going down. That's probably what exactly yeah. happened. You're right. I wish it not, though. I wish he would just yeah, take the money and just fucking bounce. Him and his beautiful wife take the kid and just go away. Uh, anyways, we get to the part where you're like, okay, so Denzel's going to get away with this. Other than he doesn't have the money, he's like, fuck it, I just need to get out of town because I don't want to get murdered. And then he gets clipped yep, by yep. a car. And the van rolls up. And he gets out of the car because he still thinks he's Billy Badass. And boy, do they kill that motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, the Russian mob. What I mean, I have not seen overkill. Like, this might be the most overkill scene in an entire movie. Dude, the amount of bullets they put in that motherfucker. It is very reminiscent <laughs> of uh, Godfather 1. Yes. yes the amount so. of bullets they put in this motherfucker is uncanny. Uncanny. Yes. Oh, no, dude, they just, it's, it's insane. It's almost as bad as heat. Oh, yeah. With, with the fight scene oh, yeah. on the street. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so great. So I did really enjoy the end of this movie. Because he gets his. And then we see Ethan Hawke goes home. That's yep. it. Uh, and then we're left to believe it. I, I believe you. We are, we're brought to believe that he's... So he probably brought down the Wiseman and everybody else. Yeah. They don't show that. Has, that's fine. Yeah, he has all the stuff to prove it now. He's showing up, you know, with a case of fucking money, like... And other evidence that yeah. he, he got his hands on. Good stuff. Uh, a weird... Uh, I, uh, this isn't a negative, but I want to mention it here before we go because it's not quite a positive either. The weird relationship between Denzel's side pieces kid, which is also Denzel's son, and Ethan Hawke is fucking strange. Like, they (laughs) bond over cartoons. And I get it. Probably this kid never has a father figure because obviously Denzel is only there to bang his mom. Yep. Yeah. So the fact that a guy is sitting and they fall asleep on the couch together, but then to set up the whole thing, the kid just, like, fucking unlocks the door, listens, and gets it. Like, he's the most intelligent kid. And also, like, the most pliable kid because he's like, this is my friend. Yeah, and then of course Denzel tries to kill his own son to get Ethan Hawke out. So Ethan Hawke has to save the fucking kid. That's how evil that prick is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. With that being said, I think we need to go to negatives now, and I think we're going to table some of these negatives because I think that the first negative that we kind of all agree on is the overacting by yes. Denzel Washington yes. in this film. I love Denzel, one of the greatest actors of all time, bar none. Yes. The fact that he won an Oscar for this is kind of criminal because he's done way better films. Yes. And this movie felt like he overacted the shit out of this movie. 
Like, even down to that last scene where you have that speech, like, everybody remembers King Kong ain't got shit on me. But that goes on for three fucking minutes of him just, like, ranting and raving like a lunatic in the middle of the street. Most of the stuff in the movie, he says so many words in such a short period of time, you don't understand what the fuck he's saying. He's talking fast. I, I don't know. I, I mean, was it just me that no, thought no, that he was overacting? Yeah, no, I, I would. I, I would make a case that this was probably his worst or bottom three acting performances of his career. Yeah. Wow, I don't know if I go that far, but I, it, I, can, it, I can see where we were getting it, it from. It's it's not great. Everyone else in the cast was phenomenal. It's a travesty that for him to win an Oscar for this movie, he deserves to win an Oscar, not for this role. He had to go crooked. He had to become a villain for him to win, <laughs> which I'll give him credit. He does make a good villain. Yeah. The actual character itself is an evil fucking prick. Yeah. However, I, he's definitely overacts. Uh, negative from you, Diesel. All right. This goes back to that entire era of the early 2000s. Fuck Eva Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, By the she, way, what was up with her in Denzel movies? She was in at least four of them. She was in, a, yeah, she's, and always the girls he was banging. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe allegedly. Anytime you needed a a sexy Latina character on the screen for more than thirty seconds, at that time was Eva Mendez, mm-hmm. and she wasn't that great. Like she was hot, but her acting was not the best, not even good. Oh come on, she was great and fast too. Oh, she was, what about Ghost Rider? <laughs> oh, she was amazing in Ghost Rider. We on the night. Oh, Jesus. That, that For whatever reason, it was. It, it has nothing to do with the movie. It was just that time period of Eva Mendes. I just hated it. Um, positive and a negative. Do you like getting your shit pushed in? Oh, dude. Funniest <laughs> line in a movie of all time, but I don't think it was meant to be funny. No. I've gotten my shit pushed in. And dude, the way that he's fucking freaking out. I mean, I did a good, uh, I did a decent recreation, but he's like veiny. He is straight. He looks like he's really taking a constipated shit. Yeah. Um, the whole arc where, so early on in the day, he stops the rape. Yes. And it comes back, you know, because Denzel's character drops him off and this is where he's going to get fucking killed. By the way, he drops him off and I love these actors, but they're always... Mexican gangsters in every movie they're in. Yeah. You have seen them in Narc. You have seen them in A Man Apart. You have seen them in... Insert any fucking movie where you have Mexican gangsters. And they're great. The only person missing was Danny Trejo. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only person missing from the, the perfecta. But continue. So, it was just... This is a huge plot hole for me because, again, this is, you know... Los no, 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 no. There's a different word for it, but continue. <laughs> this is Los Angeles. You are a narcotics officer on day one. You randomly stop a rape outside of an alley. Yeah. And you wind up having her ID. I don't know how you... Because he picked up her wallet. Wallet. And he just keeps it because obviously she's already ran off. Yeah. Denzel told him to tell her to go home and she didn't check her purse. So when you're getting dropped off at what's going to be your inevitable kill house... So basically what happened is Denzel set him up. He is paying them to to kill you. Yes. And they find this wallet and it just so happens to be this Vato's cousin. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's, let's say where they find it. He tries to fight back and escape. They beat the shit out of him. They then have him in the shower. We're at the actual scene where he's going to get fucking killed. And then the one runs his fucking pockets and pulls out. He's like, hey, this is your little cousin's wallet. Yeah. He's like, huh? How do you get this? And he, then he's like, I, I stopped I stopped that young girl from getting raped earlier today by two, two crackheads. He's like, 
well, you better hope that checks out, essay. And he literally, that's the line. And then he gets on the phone and he's like, where are you in school today? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, listen, this is serious. You need to be honest with me. And she said, well, yeah, I wasn't. I, I There's two crackheads trying to mug me, but this white cop stopped them. And he looks down. Mind you, they have him in the shower. They have the fucking shotgun to his head. Yeah, they have the shower curtain up so they don't get hit with the spray. They, they're ready to just kill him and then dismember him and do what their job is. And he goes, today's your lucky day, Holmes. So basically, he spares his life from this throwaway scene in a lot of ways. Yep. Which, it's not a plot hole, Diesel. It's plot armor. <laughs> this is the way that you keep... Ethan Hawke alive. They gave him a full suit of fucking plot armor. The reason why the Mexican cartel gang does not kill him is because he, yep, I owe you. You're, you saved my cousin's life. I'm now returning the favor. So I no longer owe you. Get the fuck out of here. That is really what honor amongst thieves, I guess. And I, I, I have a problem with that because it's like, it, you know me in plot armor. I know every movie has it and you can forgive yeah. it sometimes. That <laughs> is like giving him the full knight's suit of fucking plot armor that is literally like medieval plot armor all over your body because it just so happens that you kept the wallet that ends up saving your fucking yeah. life at the exact last minute yeah like i don't think that ever happens no. ever in real life no. but no. continuing on do you have any other negatives there um those are my main negatives um like well, we can table it for a second and then you can come back for some small like, ones like the, like the twists were pretty cool on it like i but for whatever reason, it just doesn't have the rewatchability as most movies do for me. Listen, that's yeah. the whole point of we love movies. Yeah. Yeah. Watching shit that we've seen before. There's things that you love, but they don't age well. Yeah. No. Uh, Ron, did you have anything, any negatives you want to add to it? I mean, the negatives is modern time. It's it's a lot of shit's dated. Like, they pull over the, the, the college kids for weed that, like, was, that was fucking hilarious by the way like like it's like okay fine whatever now it makes no sense but that's what it was back unfortunately in the day. denzel almost became a hero there because when he put the gun in that fucking kid's face i was like fuck yeah shoot that prick <laughs> anyways continue so, <laughs> i see that one doesn't bother me so much because i watch all these movies in the mind that they're a period piece from this period that they were filmed. right so i can sure. go back to the you know, early right. 2000s no I, I get you i understand that, that. would happen no. well yeah. maybe not as corrupt but that would happen yeah yeah I mean, it's there. Everybody knows it happens. It's, um, the other, like, it's just, they try to, with Denzel's overacting, it's just like, you, you have to sl slow it down, like, because you, you're trying to listen to what he's saying, and you're like, all right, like, like the whole uh, diner scene. Mm. Wasn't really a fan of that scene. Like, I get it. He's like, oh, meet me at the, you know, get a phone call. Okay. Uh, you're going to roll call? No, you don't have to go to roll call. Okay, fine. Okay. You're already setting up that he's a dick. And then you're sitting in the diner, and he's like, all right, you know. Get something to eat, you know, on my dime, and you know, and then Eaton Hall starts talking. He's like, I want to read my newspaper. Eaton Hall still talks, and then he's like, Oh, he's like, Okay, I'll get something to eat. And he's like, Oh, fuck no, that that, that ship already sailed. You, you, you're not getting, you know, you need to tell me a fucking story now because you won't let me read my story. Well, the best part about it is like, you know, why I read the newspaper because 90% of it's bullshit. Now, you need to tell me a story because you've entered, you've interrupted my, my bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it was just, <laughs> I mean, it was a comedy beat, but it was just like, uh, like, I, I agree. It was kind of waste, wasteful. And, you know, then he makes him pay for the fucking breakfast. No. <laughs> um, so my biggest negative, I, I'm with you guys on everything else, and that's what a lot of the detractions. My biggest negative is this is a movie, even though they're corrupt cops, this is a movie about cops. We see zero police work in this entire movie, with the exception 
of the Snoop Dogg segment. Which is only a way for him to get a snitch confession out of Snoop. Yeah. And that's although it is it's a great scene. I love it. I love the fact that he's like, Oh, you ain't got no I ain't got nothing on me. And then he fucking just jabs the pen in his fucking mouth so he throws it up. What's that? Crack. <laughs> the way he says it, crack. <laughs> but anyways, um, the the thing is, there's no like, there is not even any corrupt cop work because there's really no cop work at all. You could argue the warrant, but we know the warrant's bogus because we see the fucking wise men. Yeah. So we know that not all of the movies is predis- you know. So you have this kid, in, 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 the kid I'm saying, but Ethan Hawke who's supposed to be coming over. Wouldn't you think that there would be some police work in the movie, even even though it's corrupt? No, this is like literally all corrupt all the fucking time. Like all that they do from fucking sun up to sun down is corrupt. I mean, on the clock he's going to fuck his girlfriend. Yeah, and it, it, we know that it's a while because him and the kid fall asleep watching cartoons. So. Yeah, that, that, that's just. I think that was just there to fast forward the time. Probably, but it's still fucking weird, right? Yeah, and then you get like, like you have all of these things happen, and it's like there is actually like, with the exception of technically Snoop, which still ties into the corruptness. There is literally no corruption in this fucking movie. Yeah, there's no actual. There's police no police procedural. work, so so you don't understand the procedurals because you never see the actual crimes. <laughs> you just see the crookedness the whole time. And once again, I have no problem with it. That part of the movie is actually good. It's just. Weird that you booked this as some kind of cop drama, and there's zero police yeah. work. It's all just all corrupt all day, like from the start to the yeah. pretty much finish. Yeah, you could have like replaced the cop storyline with just like okay, we're they're gang members or something like that, and it'd be the same story. Yeah, yeah. So that you, being cops really didn't really change much, except for all right, Ethan Hawks. You know, we've got the moral compass, and this guy's bad. But you could have done this with anything, like. You know, they could have been the cartel. They could have been the mafia. They could yeah. have been anything. Disgruntled workers at a bank who decide to rob the bank. Like, it's... Eh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I get you. Yeah, the cop aspect really didn't add anything to it. And it, Well, until the end when you know, the community turns against him. Kind of. Maybe. You maybe can make a stretch. But that's still not because of cops. It's because of how crooked he is. Yeah. Once again, it's just the crookedness. And once again, I like the story like as what it was. But once again... They didn't have to be cops, as you point out. They could have been gang members. They could have been mafia members. Like this, they we've seen this movie with Denzel. Actually, there was more police work in uh, American Gangster than there was in this yes. movie. And that movie was about him as a real gangster. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of like a weird. It was a weird take, you know. And then you realize that every cop you see in this movie is dirty. You never see a clean cop, with the exception of Ethan Hawke, who is being being. Uh, what do you call it? High on PCP? Well, that too. He's, he's, he's being corrupted. Yes. That's what the word I was looking for. Thank you. But he's being corrupted. And, but everybody else is just dirty. Like, so there's really no police. Like, we don't know where to go by because you gotta... Yeah, yeah. You have to believe there was at least one good cop in that town. Wherever he came from, at least. Like, because they pr- 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 produced him. Right, right. right. So it's kind of fucking weird uh, that we never see that side of the story. That's not my biggest one. It's just a gripe that I have. Because, like, watching the movie, I'm like, you know, they don't do any for a cop movie. They spend all day on the clock. They ain't doing any cop stuff. Yeah. Not one bit. Yeah. And then the team, like, you, you see them for the warrant scene, and then they're kind of just, like, gone. Yeah, you see them for that, but they get paid. That's why. They're all corrupt. <laughs> like, they're not real cops. <laughs> so basically what they're saying is an narcotics unit ain't a good cop on a narcotics unit at all. Yeah, they got their payday, but you still got to be like, hey, I'm still here for work. Like, you, you got to put up appearances. <laughs> By the way, can we also talk about the villain from The Mask as one of the gang's, gang guys? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for one moment. All right. With that being said, I think that's all of our positive negatives. But before we get to our scores, you know we like to do a little something. We like to play. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Man, Diesel's been on quite the winning streak. Can Ron finally dethrone that son of a bitch? No, nope. we are going to find out momentarily because it is time to play the game. And as you know, before we give our scores, we like to have a little fun with the scores from around the internet. It is prices right rules. That means closest to the number without going over gets the point. Of course, if we have to come to the fourth and final question for a tiebreaker, that is actually closest to the number because we don't do ties. And if we have to make it interesting, it has to be two points. You know, we make all the rules around here, God damn it. I mean, so we'll stick to it. You're saying we're not the NFL? No, we are not the NFL. Uh, with that being said, though, let's get this party started, shall we? Ryan, because you are the challenger, you get to go first. IMDB, out of 10 using points, what did they give training day? 7.9. Diesel? 5.4. Diesel gets the point, although he wasn't closest. It was seven point seven out of ten. Ron, you busted. I see. I, I was gonna go. I was gonna go seven, but I was like, oh, let me go higher because every time I go low, it just doesn't work. Diesel, yeah. for the win, even early. Metacritic out of hundred percent. What did they give Training Day? Sixty-six. Ron, they gotta justify that Oscar win somehow. Sixty-seven. Oh, you dick. <laughs> Ron, you had a great steal because it was 69% oh, of Jesus. <laughs> tied the game 1-1. I had no choice, Diesel. I had to. <laughs> All right, can somebody can pull off the victory and the three questions? Uh, Ron, you go first. Game on the line for both of you. Out of 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, what did they give training day? 71. Diesel. 72. I was going to go 70, to be honest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we have a winner. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner and still champion Diesel. What a dick move! Seventy three percent. See if you if like you were like seventy five or something. Like my number in my head was seventy. So yeah, no, you're fine. Seventy three percent for funsies though. Diesel, you can go first. Google users out of one hundred percent. Eighty eight. Actually, Ron, I, I, Google users love this movie. I'm gonna they love say everything. I'm gonna say low and say like seventy. Diesel would have gotten it because it was 91% on Google users. Google users are retarded. Yeah, they really are. (laughs) God damn. All right. With that being said, it is now time for our scores. Of course, we are first going to give the nerd scores for everybody across the board. And, uh, of course, I will give my critic score at the end as well. Uh, The nerd score is simple. It is based upon a lot of things. It's our critic score mixed with our entertainment score mixed with basically our recommendation score. So it's it's kind of a trifold thing to come to a number to give you our grasp of whether you should watch something or not and where it should fall on your importance of watching, if you will. Uh, That means there is movies that get higher scores that are terrible. The example we love to give is Maximum Overdrive. It is a terrible film, but it is one of the best films of all time because it's entertaining as shit. So on a scale out of 1 to 10, you would give it probably a 2 at tops. That's being generous. But on the nerd scale, both me and Ron give it a 4 out of 5 of the 4 on the scale because it is. It's a fun movie to watch. But So that's giving you a little clue to how this works. First of all, let's go with the scale. The scale, of course, is at the one slot. It is no. That means don't see this movie under any circumstances. It's just no. This is Just say no to it. It's horrible. There should never be a reason to watch it. Two on the scale is you've been warned. That means it's not the worst of the movies, but it's still not good. It's below average. You've been warned. If you watch this, you're probably not going to enjoy it. A three on the scale is ah, it's good. 
which means that this is an, is an average to a above average good movie. So it's average to good. And but you don't necessarily need to see it in the theaters or pay for it or buy the DVD or Blu-ray or buy or rent it on on, on Amazon. You can if you want to do those things. Yeah, you're probably better off to just catch it on a free thing like Tubi or you know one of your subscription services. A four is just take my money. That means that this movie is a great movie. This is a very good to great movie that is worth going to see in the theater, worth buying, worth watching. These are movies that are very, like I said, very good to great. You're going to enjoy them. And last but certainly not least, the rarefied air at five is certified nerd. These are the instant classics. These are the movies that are excellent. They are the top tier movies. They are classics that will go down that people watch all the time. Some examples that we've done on the show, The Batman for us was a certified nerd movie. Spider-Man No Way Home was a certified nerd movie. Some examples from the past that we do have on the list, like Jaws is a certified nerd movie. Uh, you know, there's there's Jurassic Park, because we talked about Jurassic World a couple weeks, Jurassic Park, certified nerd movie. These are Timeless classics that you can go back to and watch whenever, wherever, for whatever reason. With that being said, it is time for the nerd scores. Ron, what is your nerd score for Training Day from 2001? Like I said, if you haven't seen this, I'm putting it at a very low three. Like we don't do halves, so like yeah, we it, just do the the pointers. If you, if you make it, if if you haven't seen it, yeah, give it a watch. If you have, you don't really need to watch it again. It's not one of those things you want in your rotation. So, he's giving it a three. So, ah, good. Diesel. I'm straight with you on that. It's the most mundane of threes. See it, don't see it. It's, it's, it is what it is. It, you can be entertained by it, but eh, it's, it's just, it's okay. This is definitely a victim of time. <laughs> and maybe my taste growing or whatever, but if you would have asked me back in 2001 when I saw this movie in the movie theater and I also saw it afterwards, on I owned it on DVD, yep. I would have said it's a four all day. It's just, just take my money. Not quite a certified nerd movie ever, but a four. Now, for my rewatch of it, I, I it's a solid three. This is a good, it's a good movie. It's not an, it's above average. I'll give it credit. It's an above average movie. It's good. It's not go out of your way. It's not pay for it. It's not make it into your rotation movie. It is just the definition of it's a good movie. Uh, there is a lot of issues and stuff, but you gotta set that aside sometimes in movies. Yep. So I would, I'm gonna give it a clean sweep of, of three. So I think the nerds all, since we all agree unanimously, this is an ah, it's good movie. It's a three on the nerd scale. My critic score of this movie. Once again, if you went back to 2001, I would probably give this movie an eight out of ten. Upon seeing this movie again, I've come down. I give this movie a six out of ten. Once again, it's the definition of a good movie. A five is average, because a five is in the middle, it's average. This is a slightly above, it's above average movie. But it's it, for me, if you look at my scale, uh, I, I just did this the other day and I figured this out. My scale is, if it's an average movie, uh, it's going to be on the good side, it's a five to about uh, six. Six to seven and a half is where it becomes a, a, good, a, a good movie to the really good portion. A seven and a half to a nine is this great movie. And then from nine to ten, is those are the epics. You know what I mean? And so this falls right into that six where it's just a good movie. It's, a, it's better than, a, you know, dead even is five as an average. A five and a half is still just slightly above average. This is just on the good side. From that six to seven and a half for greatness is where it's at. And it's right at that cusp. Because it is a good movie, but there's a lot of fucking problems, especially when you watch it uh, now. There's a lot of problems. And so, like I said, I don't regret seeing it. 
I would say watch it if you've never seen it especially I think it is definitely worth a watch it is not a movie that us telling you about it spoil anything because it's a pretty straightforward fucking movie to begin with but 6 out of 10 is where I got out my critic score and once again unanimously this is a ah it's good 3 on the nerd scale that being said folks next week's 3FN movie club review will be of the brand new film coming to theaters starting on Thursdays that is right it is Thor Love and Thunder. So next week, we will be full-on reviewing Thor Love and Thunder for the 3FN Movie Review. And if, you want to, if you're one of those people who likes to set yourself up, we're going to be doing two new moves back-to-back because the following week, we will be where the crawdads live, right? Where the, the crawdads sing. Where the crawdads sing. Thank you. I keep saying live for some reason, but it looks interesting, so can't wait to see it. So we got those are the next two weeks of 3FN Movie Reviews that will be coming straight at you. Now... We've got that out of the way. It's time to take care of some business, Diesel. It's time for us to hit you with some shameless plugs. First of all, that means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. Do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You tell them to type three fat nerds into any podcast provider. Remember, for everything we talk about, it's the number three, not the word three. Of course, while you're there, you might as well smash that subscribe or like button so you get our show delivered to you each and every week. And if you've done all that already and you haven't already rated and reviewed, what you think about rating and reviewing the show? It does really help us out. It's absolutely free, but it means the world to us. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review. Help us spread the word of nerd. Of course, we are also on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Remember, for all the social medias, use the hashtag 3FNPod. Email us, 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Here's the double shot, of course. Of course, make sure you're following us over on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash 607podcast, if, especially if you're a wrestling fan, because every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast talk things all pro all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. Of course, you can watch it live and join the chat at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mondays, or you can watch the replay on Twitch, or you can get it in podcast form just by searching 607TWS wherever you get great podcasts. Also, we do other events coming up. We are going to be doing a movie night. We're going to figure that out uh, because I think The Wizard was the last one we decided we're doing and uh, the, the next one we're deciding to do, and then so much more. So make sure you're following us over on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Also... Also, if you would like to support the show monetarily and help us do everything we do around here, you can do that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, including every week you get the Three Fat Nerds podcast the day we record it, and it's the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition, which means it's the Raw Raw with bonus footage. In this episode, I think we did almost an hour of bonus footage. i got to be honest with you. I shouldn't say footage recording. Uh, with that, maybe someday footage. Uh, but with that being said, we also have uh, two made-for-Patreon shows. The exclusive shows are twice a month you get 3FN After Dark, myself and Diesel, sometimes with a guest, where we break things down, make, uh, talk about some funny things going on in the world, talk about some uh, funny TikTok videos, regular videos, all sorts of crazy stuff. You're not going to want to miss that. And of course, also myself and Ron, and sometimes Diesel and whoever else is a guest, we like to do We Love Movies once a month, and that's where we break down a movie from our past, sometimes picked from our patrons, sometimes picked by us, where we discuss and see if it held up. Is it still It's a full-on review? Did we still love it? Did we hate it? What's our score? Find out on We Love Movies once a month. And of course, we have other bonus things that come up. Bonus, uh, you, you'll get everything early. So if we do a bonus review, you get it early. If we do a bonus 
you know, episode of anything, you get that early. Or sometimes we just do a bonus exclusive episode right to Patreon. So no matter what, we're giving you as much. There's two tiers, $1 and $3. We always uh, say, hey, take a look at the $3 tier. But you know what? If you want to do the $1 tier, we're, we're appreciative of all of it. And also you get to pick movies that we will use either on the 3FN Movie Club or on Patreon with We Love Movies or whatever else. So join up, patreon.com slash 8122productions. H T T P colon backslash backslash eight one double deuce P R O D U C T I O N S dot com. Eight one two two productions dot com for all things eight one two two productions. Find out more about the Three Fighters Podcast and six oh seven TWS. Find out uh about the Patreon link, it's there. The Twitch link is there. There's also a link for the T Public store. You can buy some swag and also help us out monetarily and get some cool stuff. We will have some new designs coming out very soon. Also uh, there is a list for friends of the show, like the Ocho Duro Parlor Podcast. That'll take you over to odphpodcast.com. Also, there's our good friend, Sci-Fi Horror Fest, August 26th and 27th in Vernon, New York, at the Vernon Downs Casino. All information about tickets and everything else, go to scifihorrorfest.com. The link is right there. It's convenient. It's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Of course, also, there's the uh, musical acts to help provide us with music so we can be copyright free. Let's throw it out to a shout out for them. First of all, of course, the people who do our uh, amazing theme music, shout at the robots, but also Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, which they got Suitor Slam coming up in August, August 12th at the X. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be a wrestling match there as well. Oh, nice. uh, of course, also on top of that, we got our friends, the Phosphines from Melbourne. Australia and the Jasons from uh, West Virginia. Check them all out on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. Links for all of them are on the website. Check them out and support them because they support us. And last but certainly not least, you can find our local sponsors on the website that help us bring this show to you commercial-free every week. We want to give them a shout-out since they do so much for us, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, the actual studio. Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events and the goings-ons of the store, make sure you're following them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds that you. Ronald? One out of ten stars. This movie is stupid. I think this movie is disappointing. Some of the scenes are illogical and confusing. From the beginning, we were told that the ring power was made only for Sauron. But later in the movie, nearly all the characters were at least tempted once to take hold of it. Even though that now that the ring was not there to help them. But it serves only Sauron. The second thing is that the hero in this movie is not a suitable to be a hero at all. I know that Frodo is, is a hobbit and he's supposed to be small, but he is such a coward that he always hides in all the fights. Some of the characters are very stupid too. For example, Frodo left the Fellowship and thought that he could destroy the ring by himself. Most fighting scenes are illogical. For example, the, fo the Fellowship defeat the whole army of goblins in the dwarf's mine and none of them was even hurt. Aragon was shot three times in the heart by an enemy but could still fight for so long before he died. The thing that confuses me was the identity of the elf witch. It was impossible for me to tell if she was a villain or a good character. Although this might be solved in the next sequel, it is not a good movie by itself. One out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Well, with that being said, that is going to do it for another episode of the wonderful, entertaining, hopefully you feel the same way about it, Three Fat Nerds <laughs> podcast. Of course, next week we'll be back to review movies and talk all things pop culture and nerdum. Same time, same bat channel as always. Uh, until then... 
All I have left to say is take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds! A little later. Hot ramen, call me. Lord of the Rings just sucks people.